Hello everyone, this is Peter Stone, and we have a session number 18 today of Stepping Up and Stepping Out, making 2017 your best year yet and beyond. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit on a little different subject, but it certainly affects our life, our environment, the way we live, and how we actually view ourselves in a kind of very subtle way, and maybe in a very big way as well, and that is on the environment. Uh, how we go through our day and what we do, what we can do personally, each and every one of it, one of us. And I've been speaking with some people lately about large groups, and, and I've actually worked to contribute to some large groups, and they have um, some rules and some guidelines in some cases that must be followed, and I understand that and respect that. So what that, and I didn't uh, necessarily agree with that. I was trying to give one um, one environmental agency, or they're a group, it's not an environmental agency, that helps clean up plastic on the sea, 50% of everything I earned which I think is a reasonable amount of money to share and add into the environment from a few projects I'm doing. Uh, and they said, oh, no, we do this. And I said, okay. And I'm thinking, well, they want to expand and they want to go in the world in a bigger way, but they're denying the funds that will help expand. So that got me to thinking and wondering just where do I as an individual stand in helping and being change in the world, in the environment? And I personally do a lot of things, but I kind of had me step back again. And I was <laughs> just in the last session talking about stepping out stepping back so we can step up, which means stepping out of the situation that I'm in and, and stepping back and looking at it. And it could be stepping back because an action I took, such as contacting this organization, and I didn't get the answer that I was really looking for, and that's fine, and, and with total respect, I accepted it. But it made me ask again, what can I do? So stepping back and observing the world, thinking about the world and not just rushing off, getting angry and upset because what's wrong with this group? They're not taking my money. I don't understand and going there. And I don't do that, but I could have. And there might be some people that say, if you don't do it my way, I don't get it. And so that's a whole nother session. That might be session 18. Uh, so, or 17 rather. Uh, so, what I've done, going stepping back a little bit into the past, is what I've done and what I do. For example, when I'm in Thailand, on this one road outside this village I live on, it's a long road, there are 11 7-Elevens. 
And who would ever think in Thailand there's 7-Elevens, uh, 11 7-Elevens on this one road. And they're everywhere and they're convenient. And everyone who walks in, regardless of the size of a purchase, if it's a pen as I'm holding in my hand now, they want to give me the same size bag they give me for a liter of water or for 15 items. I get the same bag. And do they have larger bags for a lot of things? They do. But generally, they don't offer them. They'll give you eight bags. And in the store that I shop in, at the a central store and at this Topps food store, uh, they have a green sec session, section and they have a, an organic section. Uh, but yet today, we cannot get away and away from plastic. And they even have signs you know, don't ask for, tell people you don't want plastic, refuse, don't use plastic. They have signs right at the cash register, don't use plastic. So the employees, oddly enough, is the first thing is they give me a plastic bag. So it's kind of like the employees aren't trained, but their marketing department is trained in the sense of a green environment. So where does that leave me? That leaves me as the person that must make the decision, and I choose as well, because I speak Thai, in this case it's Thailand, I explain to the employee which, well, they've got a job and they're told what to do from one department, and the marketing department is a whole other place, because this is a large corporation, and they're saying, you know, don't use plastic, but the employee's trained to give everybody plastic. And they want to be kind, so they don't want to mix the meat with the vegetables, or they don't want to put too many things in a bag, because the bag might break. And even in Whole Foods, they double the bags. And there are very conscious employees and team members there that recognize well, you don't need to double the bag every time. And if you pick up the bag from the bottom and you put more in it and you are careful coming full circus, circle to be being conscious and present, that we can manage ourselves rather than just kind of crashing through life, adding a little more care and presence into the moment for the environment and for our future generation and our generation, generations that are here at the moment so that we have less plastic in the sea and on the land and the environment is better all the way around. And I'm using plastic because the amount of plastic that has been generated in the environment and has been used and consumed in the last 10 years is the same amount as the previous century. The previous 100 years of plastic use and consumption and uh, manufacturing is the same as the last 10 years. And that pretty much should be a wake-up call. I mean, I didn't know this until I started researching even deeper, and I'm constantly looking, and that was a new thing I learned. So I explain back at the department store or at the food store that, please, 
I'll even grab in the bag and I'll put four or five things in a bag, even if they've given it to me and I wasn't observing, I will give them some plastic bags back. I tell them, you know, in some cases in 7-Eleven, in every case in 7-Eleven, where I, if I brought up four or five items, I will go out the store with four or five items. And sometimes it is a tad of an inconvenience. And, and I don't need a plastic bag, another plastic bag. So it comes down to the one single thing that we can do. So with 7 billion people on the planet, and if we choose each one less plastic bag, well, it's 7 billion bags. And if not everyone's using a plastic bag around the globe, if it's 1 billion, so be it. It's 1 billion bags a day times 365 days. I guess that's 365 billion plastic bags. Is that a real number? I don't know. I'm just doing math here. I'm doing common sense math. One out of seven people using a plastic bag on the planet every day. I don't know. Maybe a lot of people don't have access in the middle of Africa. But I do know in Thailand where I swim... I swam and dove uh, 25 years ago, and I went back there 10 years ago. I was rather saddened, and I was in the Dominican Republic uh, a year ago, uh, snorkeling and swimming, and there was a lack of fish, but there was no lack of plastic. And I kind of um, just took it on as the plastic fish under the water uh, are the replacement of the real fish. And, and we shouldn't have that. Uh, and in Gloucester and around the Cape Ann area, I don't see that huge volume of plastic. And we're not in the Pacific Ocean where so much plastic is used and abused as it is in Asia coming across the Pacific to the West Coast or all throughout Asia. So the one thing that we can do at the one place or the many places that we visit as individuals on a daily basis is get one less bag. And we're all aware of the cotton bags and cotton is growing cotton is not environmentally friendly, nor is drinking coffee environmentally friendly because of the um, the a carbon monoxide that's given off from roasting coffee is huge. Um, growing cotton is what caused Lake Baikal in Russia to dry up, a huge lake. Uh, they sucked off all the water to grow cotton. And cotton uh, consumes a huge amount of water. Uh, cotton is good, it's comfortable, it's natural, uh, and it can be organic. Uh, and what is nylon? It's plastic. We have to make these conscious, tough decisions. Paper is recyclable. It's renewable. Hemp, which a lot of people don't, for whatever reason, I think from a business standpoint, hemp is not a hugely profitable thing to a lot of people. I don't know. I haven't done the research. I haven't done the homework. I would invite you to, but I knew I do know hemp 
grows extremely fast. We used to use hemp fishing lines and ropes on the ships, on the boats for many centuries, but we don't now. And hemp is strong. That's my point. Hemp is durable. Hemp clothing is very environmentally friendly. It doesn't use all that water. And it grows quickly like a weed, if you will. <laughs> so a little pun intended there. We have to demand change. And we don't have to go screaming and yelling and having... Um, protests and things, but we can silently make change with our daily actions in what we refuse. And we have lobbying power. We can uh, write to our uh, government locally here in Massachusetts, or we can write to our federal government, and we can refuse to use certain things inconveniently, I might add. But it really comes, us, comes up to us as the individual. So the employee at the 7-Eleven store, I explained to them about, and I have mentioned this before, about the bags and the plastic. But they're taught this. So the next step for me is to send letters to the managers of the 7-Elevens and the owners, they're actually um, franchises, to say you can save money, you can make money. That opens their eyes by saving plastic means saving money, not necessarily saving an environment where they may not be sensitive to that. So we have to come in at different angles and use, we have to be smart about this and a little bit of creative marketing, I guess, how we can get people's attention is not directly saying don't use plastic in the store. That's pretty shallow and it doesn't explain or it doesn't clearly paint a colorful picture as to what does that mean. So in Thai, I tell the cashier that I or someone else whom you just gave this plastic bag to for this one thing I'm going to eat or drink, like a bottle of water or a snack, is going to be tossed within probably 30 meters of the store, within 100 feet of the store. Where will it go? Well, maybe 50% will go in a trash can, but it might go on the road. It might go in their pocket and blow off the people that go in there. They have a lot of motorcycles. It may go in someone's car, but we, we in Thailand, they do a lot of recycling. So chances are it will get picked up or blown into a drain. And that's a big, big challenge. Plastics going in the drains, plastic going into the river. Then, of course, the plastic ends up into the sea and is hugely damaging to the sea life, uh, light in the sea, it, it, it degrades. And what I didn't know, and I learned from the uh, prime minister's article on plastic in the newspaper, and he had a TV show, which I didn't fully understand because it was in Thai, I have limited Thai, that he talked about the fine particles in plastic that I 
was not aware of. And they get in the water, they're micro particles of plastic that we cannot filter out. We don't see them. They get into the water, they go into the earth, and they actually get into the food, and they get into the food of the animals, not necessarily our food, but they do get into our food, and it gets into us eventually. And again, it comes full circle to not feeling well, your children not feeling well, and affecting us long-term. So it is a big, big issue that starts with us as one person on a daily basis being conscious about what I can do. And that's only one little aspect of our environment. There are 10 metric tons of plastic fragments such as bags and straws and soda bottles that are carried into the Pacific Ocean every day from Los Angeles only, one city. So to grasp 20 cities, what would that mean? Well, Los Angeles is very densely populated. We're not in Los Angeles. We are here, but regardless of where we are, one person, one action, one person, multiple actions, one action at a time adds up to the multiple actions. Whatever it is, raising that consciousness, talking to others who may not be on the same level of you, and the tough love. Sometimes we have to get a little tough and and jump in and 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 kind of wake up people and and take them out of that unconscious state of thoughtless littering or thoughtless uh, use of plastic and thoughtless use of disposable items so what can we do we can buy less disposable items a lot less disposable items to make things much better for us. It goes beyond the plastic. It goes, another issue is, is clean air, right? Yes, we have a grip on catching the exhaust on our car, but, and, and oil spills and things, there's so much, <laughs> but, I'll just go down a quick list. Some things that may resonate with you, some may not. But pick a few. Pick one. If you don't pick them all or you don't pick a bunch, pick one. So one action at a time. Like if you're painting your house, use a latex paint because oil-based paints release fumes, hydrocarbon fumes. Make sure your lawnmower your jet ski, your outboard, your engine in your boat, your car is tuned up and running good. Don't top off the gas tank because that little overfilling millions of cars dripping gas at the gas station just washes off into the environment. Oil changes have, and cars leaking have far out weighed the damage of the uh, 
Exxon Valdez in terms of the volume of oil that gets put into the environment. <clears throat> because that's done in one big chunk, that Valdez, uh, the Exxon Valdez, all these little spills, they don't, oh, it's just a little bit. It's just a little bit. It's just a little bit. When I go to fuel up my jet ski, <clears throat> I ask them for a diaper. That's what it's called. I mean, the nickname is, it's a cotton pad, super absorbable, and I put it right under because sometimes the gas burps, but I catch it. And they have tanks to take it away and, and put it in a recycling uh, place. So there are all of these little things that you can do. And conserving energy, we know about low wattage bulbs. Um, I know some people close to me that just leave switches on. It, they don't pay attention to the light in the room. And they walk away. Maybe they walk out for a day or overnight with the lights on or all day with a light on or the heat in your house. And we can do that accidentally. But let's keep in the game. Let's raise the consciousness and the awareness of, ah, stop, transition into getting into your car, ha, huh, checklist. And if you need a checklist, put it on the door. If you're one of those that forgets, I forget sometimes, but my wife and my daughter, dad, come on, let's go. And I'm like, well, wait, is the heat turned down? Are the lights off? Is there any water running? But I mean, you know, that's few and far between, but generally it's the lights. If there's a light on, shut it off. Oh, you take so long? Well, I have to check all the lights. I do it. I take the extra effort because that's what it requires. It requires two minutes to five minutes, really not five minutes, two minutes of my effort to go check all the lights, make sure they're off. And I feel good about doing it. I'm just connected with it. It's just what I do. So I want to share those little things. Uh, little trees in your yard. Plant trees. Plant a tree, another tree. I My yard is looks kind of wild. I have bushes that actually have maples growing up in the middle of the bush. Um, it's not a really, the bush is neatly trimmed, but it has a maple tree growing up through the middle of it. So what that will give long-term is shade, and it's got more fresh air in my backyard. And maybe I will remove that small bush when that tree grows very large and gives a lot more oxygen than that bush. So the small bush will be replaced with that big tree, and I let the small trees grow on the side. Can I pull them later? Maybe I can dig them up and give them to someone else that's a neighbor to grow in their yard that don't let them grow. So I have a little mini nursery growing in my yard. And I, uh, I'm actually moving uh, out of one location I have, and um, the lawn has in the front. The lawn, the grass is not very high. It's very short, actually. And the grass itself does not need to be trimmed. But I do have a, um, it looks like a florist on my front yard. And most people would say, oh, my God, look at all the dandelions. And they're not short ones. They're the ones that grow like a foot high in the wind. 
So I was in my yard observing, and and uh, I had some things. I was I was just selling because uh, some people uh, maybe could appreciate them. I recycle the things I have. I don't throw them away, and uh, share them with people. Uh, you know, just move it on, recycle it. So I'm sitting in my front yard, waiting for a few people to come and observing all the bees. There's a few people in the Cape Ann area. And yesterday, Sunday, the butterflies showed up. The day before, it was just the bees. But yesterday, a lot of butterflies showed up. And I'm thinking, why would I want to cut my lawn? And there were probably hundreds of bees throughout the day that came there and got their pollen. And I looked at the neighbors, and they didn't have too many flowers. And I looked across the street, and I had a, someone was helping me at, do this uh, kind of cleaning out event. And I said, oh, Peter, look, there's pink flowers in that tree. And I go, well, but that's a uh, manufactured tree that is... Um, uh, designed to grow fast, and I don't know if it really has a natural um, uh, food for bees because it's a, um, a mutant tree, if you will. It's a um, created tree. And so I'm very aware of this, and I let the um, dandelions grow, a lot of them. And um, last year, there was not much rain, and there wasn't many flowers for the bees to even uh, eat from. And this year there are. And so I think we need to pay attention to the natural things around us that are getting um, devastated. The bees is one big, huge issue. Butterflies is another big, huge issue. And there's a lot of toxic chemicals in the environment that damages these. And I don't ever use those on my yard. And if you do, another thing you can do is get a more natural biodegradable. If you just Google uh, natural um, chemicals to keep away bugs, but I want the bees to come, or to keep away the weeds. There, there are things that certain plants are um, uh, applicable to, and other plants will shy away from or not grow. So using what's natural, you can find it all over the web. There's no excuse. Everything's here. Matter of fact, I pulled up a couple of things here for this uh, podcast just to make sure I had some extra up-to-date items. And it took a split second, as we know, a nanosecond to Google all these things that we can do. And we have to take time to do this. Time in our life to make our environment a better place, whether it's having more bees in your yard or more butterflies or anything you can do. Uh, to conserve energy, use, you don't necessarily have to conserve energy. It's not about the conservation. It's about maybe using resources that create cost-free energy from the sun, using solar panels like the wind we have here in Gloucester, the three uh, windmills up on the hill here that give us power and energy. 
And some people say, well, they're not beautiful to look at. Well, I guess neither is a barren planet. So if it's not green and it's not managed and we don't take care of the bees and the butterflies and the birds and cut down hugely on the chemicals, so easy. Get a weed killer, kill that weed. Well, quite frankly, I eat about five of the weeds, quote unquote, in my yard, dandelion greens, and um, uh, there are um, all types of things that you can eat. I even eat the dandelions. You can go online and see foraging in New England, foraging in Massachusetts, foraging in Cape Ann. This year, the rose hips are everywhere. And they are huge. They're the size of small tomatoes. Last year, they were the size of peas because there was no rain. And this year, there has been like the perfect mix of rain and sunshine. And everything I think we all can see, it's beautifully green. And there's more bees out, more birds. And the rose hips, you can go to CVS and get some chemically produced Vitamin C that are, well, quite frankly, probably not that healthy for you. Or you can go to Shore Road. I'm sure there's some growing there. Uh, I was in Magnolia down on the Shore Road there. And I don't only eat the rose hips. I eat the flowers. And I don't take the whole flower. I take a few petals from each flower because those are targets for the bees. So... When you do it, do it with, you know, care. Take a couple. and you. There's so many flowers that you can take a few, a few, a few, a few, and still leave. I think it's like seven uh, buds on a flower. You take two, you leave five. Then come back and get the huge fruit. And you can make tea, and you can make rose water that women use on their face. It's a toner and a skin conditioner. It's fresh, it's alive, and it couldn't be any healthier for you because it's organic on the coast. And you've got all the sea uh, minerals charging up these plants. You don't have to pay for it. You get charged by the sea, you feel better. So how about asking questions that say, how could I get exercise? Eat better, eat for free, eat chemical-free foods that are full, alive with vitamins and minerals that are surrounded by me. And while I'm doing it, I see a piece of plastic and pick that up and pick up a can and go with a bag to kind of clean up after other people or after the sea or whatever washes ashore to make the shore more beautiful. I mean, I really work to do leveraged actions. And one of those leveraged actions is exercising. And I mentioned that in one of the shows we had here on, on the TV show, how I put my weight gloves on and I punch and I ride my bike hands-free. So I'm pumping with my legs and I'm pumping with my arms and I've got a weight on it while I'm practicing my balance. So that kind of thinking, leveraged 
action when you go to the seashore or you go through the woods with a fresh air, deep breathing, cleaning your lungs, picking some greens that you never tasted before because people said they were weeds, wild food. You never have to go hungry, quite frankly, because of the seaweed on the shore and the greens in the... Yeah, it's not a bird. It's not meat in that aspect, but it is food. So I wanted to share a couple of these points. And most importantly, you can do all your own homework. I can list and bore you with a list. And I think most of us are aware of what's around us. But the point of this whole session is that you and I raise our awareness first, then we tap the shoulder of the person next to us or in front of us or turn around behind us and say something and be vocal, but be vocal through your actions. It's not always good just to, you do this, you do that. You do, nobody's going to listen. Be vocal through your actions and through suggestions that invoke pain because pain, people will take action if they feel pain. So find a painful reason to get them to take an action that will ultimately benefit them, and you've got them. You've got them. It's a sales technique, but use it to sell them on making the environment better, making your life better, giving you more energy, and eat wild food. This is Peter Stone stepping up and stepping out with session 18 on raising your consciousness, your presence about the environment and keeping the world clean, green, plastic free and good for you, for your children and the future of everyone. Thanks again. We'll talk to you in session and talk with you in session number 19 coming up soon. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.